what he quickly realized was it was a way to build authority, one via all the good Google juice, right? Because you've got major websites linking back to you because you get a byline as the author and just positioning yourself differently. So he was no longer like shouting, like, look at me, look at me on Facebook. You know, you can't say as seen on the Facebook newsfeed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you can, but it doesn't carry a lot of weight. I want so, that to be the opening. Yeah. <laughs> this episode. Welcome to Begin As You Mean To Go On. If you're a woman of color with a mission-driven service-based business and you want to increase your income and your impact without burning out in the process, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Karanda Adair, recovering WordPress developer, content marketing coach, and CEO of Carvel Digital. I've survived being a black woman in the tech industry, getting fired for culture fit, and gone on to build a thriving business. I want to show you how to work hard once to create systems in your business that continue to work for you as you grow so that you can not just survive, but thrive and live your best life. Let's get it going. You're in for a treat today because today I'm talking with Cindy Constable from Published and Paid. Cindy has somehow managed to fit two lifetimes of experience in the finance, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial space and has infused all of that experience and knowledge into Published and Paid, her new program that helps you get established as a contributing author at major publications as a long-term sustainable way to grow your business. Be sure to get your favorite note-taking device and be prepared to listen to this episode a few times to mine all the gems. Enjoy. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Begin As You Mean To Go On. Super fun time for you today because I'm here with Cindy Constable from Published and Paid, and we're going to talk about how to get you published and paid and a lot of other cool stuff. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you, Kronda. I am so excited to be here to talk about all things. Yes. And I mean, I look at the work you do and full disclosure, I just joined your program like minutes before hopping onto this because that's how much I'm like, this is the shit. So I can't wait for you to share all the things. But first, um, introduce yourself and um, tell folks about your intersectional identities and what, what is the work that you do? Wow. Okay. What a loaded question, right? So my name is Cindy Rodriguez Constable. So uh, I'm Puerto Rican, which as an indigenous people, you know, our island nation, there was a genocide back in the day when things started to happen, (laughs) imperialist colonization, all of the things. So Tainos are actually the native Indians of the Caribbean. And so that's kind of my ancestry, which I am currently learning a lot more about and excited. Uh, I'm a mom, I'm a grandma, which is fabulous. Let me just tell you, (laughs) best job ever. Uh, let's, I'm a wife with a newlywed. I'm a widow. My uh, husband passed a couple, few years ago now. Uh, let's see. I'm a business owner. I'm a retired CFO, spent 28-ish years in the finance industry. I am a lefty. I am. <laughs> true. Represent. <laughs> and I don't mean I write with my left hand. <laughs> I mean, I believe that, you know, people before profit. And I want to be part of dismantling the system that oppresses people of all marginalized identities and even helping to free the oppressor because sometimes they don't even know that they're oppressed. So, you know, as a collective, as humans, you know, we are of one. So all the things. So I think that's kind of, you know, a good cross section of all the intersection. I'm a woo girl. 
you know, I believe in the collective consciousness. I got my crystals and my aura and my chakras balanced and all the things. So yeah, I think that's a good bit about me. And I own my business with my husband. So we uh, do business, life, and love together. Awesome. And you travel well. You used to yes, travel. Yes, well-traveled, like all the continents, all over the world. Like between us, we've been to over 80 countries. Wow. Um, we've done work on 78 countries, I guess, for clients. So we're well-traveled, well-versed in corporate consulting and publishing for large publications and running a business. Let's see, our business was founded in 2011. So we didn't just like jump into the online space. It's been a minute, you know, <laughs> like yeah. we had pigeons back then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. So what I love about your intro is that a lot of the things that you said, um, like being woo and being lefty and like anti-capitalist and a, a lot of people associate those things with, um, with being broke. And I know oh, for right? a fact that you're, that you make bank in your business. Yeah. So um, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that we're going to teach people about that. So talk a little bit about, um, I want, I want to talk a little bit about published and paid, and then I want to go back and, and trace the journey a little bit of how you got there. Cause I know you have a very deep background and I want folks to know like, you know, where this comes from, but, but talk about the work that you're doing now and, and like how you came to it. So for published and paid, it is the most recent iteration of our program. So we've been teaching folks how to get published in large publications as contributors since 2014. Um, and what, what does that mean? So, you know, people always want to get featured or mentioned. They're looking for somebody to write about them. So features mentions are different. That's where a journalist, a staff writer, or potentially a contributor writes either a whole article about you or they quote you in an article and they have, you know, something you said is included in the article. We teach you how to be the person writing the article. And the reason that we do that is because we feel like that's where you're going to have that thought leadership and that body of work and the Kronda system of having a link to drop on something <laughs> that you wrote. <laughs> which I love. So you put it in your pot of gold. So for us, it's just, you know, when, when my husband's first love is writing, he is a writer through and through, he would consider himself a freelance writer. He will write about anything, anytime, anywhere for any reason. I write because it grows our business. So different philosophies, <laughs> but he started writing and Back then in, you know, 2011 through 2013, in the early days of the interwebs, guest posting was a thing, right? So you tried to get a guest blog on a bigger blogger's website. And so he had the ability to do that. He got like on Michael Hyatt's um, blog as a guest blogger, which gave him a lot of traffic and stuff. And then guest blogging started to wane and these online publications started to open up. Places like the HuffPost, back when it was owned by Ariane Huffington, Entrepreneur.com, they were coming on the scene. They were brand new. And Kamanzi thought, well, you know, maybe I'll try pitching some of these and writing about lifestyle business, because basically that's what we used to call it back then, a lifestyle business, you know, the laptop lifestyle, and see if I can get in. 
And he pitched a couple places, got a lot of rejections, and got into a few places. And HuffPost being one of them, Entrepreneur.com being another, where he still writes. So he's an OG over there. If you go to their homepage, <laughs> he's like on the front cover as a VIP because he's one of the original contributors when they opened the magazine. Wow. We've been to the headquarters and staff meetings, all the things. But what he quickly realized was it was a way to build authority, one via all the good Google juice, right? Because you've got major websites linking back to you because you get a byline as the author and just positioning yourself differently. So he was no longer like shouting, like, look at me, look at me on Facebook. You know, you can't say as seen on the Facebook newsfeed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you can, but it doesn't take a lot of weight. I want so, that to be the opening yeah. <laughs> of this episode. <laughs> and so utilizing those, then he started pitching other places and getting in. And then of course people started asking, like, how are you doing that? How did you get in? Or whoa. And so he started coaching. And then we met in like 2016 or 2015. He became my writing coach in 2016. And I got into the HuffPost and some other places and started writing. And then in 2017, when we started dating, we started to do it together and we started teaching folks. We continued to teach folks and our course morphed over the years. So it was like one-offs before and it was a masterclass. Uh, then it was large publications masterclass for a few years. And we also used to teach um, how to book corporate consulting because that's something we did a lot of as well. And, you know, we tried whittled away all those products over the years and now it's just published and paid. And we just teach entrepreneurs how to utilize publications as a lead generation tool and to get paid because a lot of these publications will actually pay you for the content and they'll pay for written audio and video content. And some will pay for all three, some, you know, just depends on the publication, but like the struggling blogger or uh, creator, like doesn't have to be a thing anymore. And we wanted to like dispel that myth. And we also wanted folks to focus on the long-term sustainability of their business like our, our thing is like, come an entrepreneur through and through he's, you know, didn't go to college. He like uh, dropped out of high school, you know, been an entrepreneur since he was 19. I traditional path, MBA, corner suite, C-suite exec, all the things. And so for me, what I saw missing in the online space was that long-term view. Like it mm -hmm. wasn't about the fast money and the quick buck. For me, it was like large publications are a long-term approach to building a sustainable business. And that's what we want to teach folks, like strategy, implementation, really making sure that they're selecting the right publications at the right time for the right reasons and determining, do they need passive income? Are they looking for cash infusions? Like, what are we doing? So we wanted a more well-rounded approach. And so Published and Paid was born. Um, that's what we do. And here you are. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's unpack a couple of things in there. Um, one thing that I love is that organically, Kamanzi was like, okay, I'm doing this thing, I'm doing this thing. And people start to ask, how are you doing this thing? So you're teaching something that, you know, you didn't just decide like, oh, we're going to, we're going to teach this thing we've never done, right? So you've, you've been doing this, you're not new. And people organically started to, to, to ask you for this. And, and that's what your business was born out of. I also love the, the iterations. Like right now, it's like, it's a very simple membership, which, and a very affordable membership. <laughs> like I yeah. think about the potential upside of getting published in large publications versus the cost of your membership. And I'm like, this is a no brainer. Like, why would, 
anybody not do this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, accessibility was important. So we wanted to make sure that, you know, it was a price that people could access and the content is delivered in micro formats, you know, little individual videos for every little individual thing so that you could consume it and implement, you know, at your pace. Yeah. I love that. Um, and there was one other thing that, um, that I thought of while you were talking, which is, you know, like right now, like I'm paying my marketing assistant and she spends time each week, like creating our social media posts. And, you know, she takes stuff from the pot of gold. I literally have not looked at my Instagram. Like I look at my Instagram and I'm like, Oh, that's what's on there today. You know, like, um, but like I'm paying her to do that. Um, so that's, that's spending like time and effort and money to do that. Whereas if you divert that time, money and effort into something like published and paid, not only like the pitches that succeed, you're going to get paid to write the content. And then you are also going, so like it just flips that whole thing of like, Oh, do it for free for exposure. No, do it for money and still get exposure (laughs) and make more money. Like you live in a cold area. So you get this people die of exposure all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I thought about you because you're in Florida and I'm in Oregon and it is raining and gross out right now. And I'm like, Oh, Cindy's going to (laughs) gloat. Yeah. yeah, Like exposure is great. I'm not, you know, exposure in the right circumstances is tremendous. You know, like we've had the opportunity to be on some large podcasts, like uh, Pat Flynn's podcast, for example, you know, I think we made thirty-some thousand dollars that day that we were on Pat Flynn's podcast because he has a very um, engaged audience, right? So exposure does help, but not exposure for exposure's sake. So you don't want to be speaking on just any old random stage, you know, putting out content, content. And I, you know, now we own a content marketing agency. Yeah, we love content, and our social medias are filled with content every day. You know. I put out some really juicy content, in fact, on my social media. I looked at your Instagram today and I was like, that is really good. I actually want to talk about the advice that's on your Instagram right now. <laughs> and then even on my personal Facebook, like I'm putting out like full lead lists of, hey, you want to write for this publication? This is the editor. Here's your email address. This is what you need to say to him. You know, have at it. So I'm all about, you know, putting out content because for me, that's my, our anti-capitalism like approach. Like I can give you the information for free, but you, if you want to learn how to do it better, faster, take the shortcut, then you can hire us through, you know, through our publishing paid program, you can, you know, kind of do a DIY with some of our monthly coaching services, or you can just, you know, do a coaching package and we'll help you one-to-one totally different, but like we want it to be for people just to, we want to educate the internet and elevate the online space, right? I don't want people paying money to somebody for some Yahoo finance feature, which is a total... Oh, yes. Okay. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about that in a minute. The last thing I want to highlight, though, is the focus on long-term and sustainability, because that that is the shift that, you know, has been really percolating in my mind for a long time. I mean, it's I'm a very foundations-oriented person anyway, but this whole, like, social media churn and, like, the algorithm being in charge of what people see, like, I'm, I'm just done with that, and I'm seeing that a lot in the space where people are like, how do I get off this treadmill? And so this is one of the ways and in a super effective way, but it takes some vision and some commitment and some, you know, like, okay. And time. So, um, I love that. And I think the people who have the, the vision to see that are going to look at this and go, yeah, of course. Um, and so we're definitely, you know, deprioritizing social in our business and refocusing on, you know, on, 
articles and places that we control, right? Our website and getting published and getting PR, like things that have a more long-term and sustainable effect. And like, I got, (laughs) I got uh, listed in one of our local magazines, Portland Monthly. And I didn't even know they were like, you know, it was probably, it was probably like June, 2020, right? They were like, we need a list of black owned businesses. So I start getting these leads and in the hat, you know, how did you hear about me? They're saying Portland monthly. I'm like, what? Let me go find, you know, <laughs> and good thing. Cause they, they misspelled my business. So I had to have them fix that. Um, but you know, I continue to get, you know, like a lead a month from this source that I didn't even know about. So it is long-term and it's not going away. Um, okay. So let's talk about, um, before we get to the Yahoo finance, let's, let's talk (laughs) about, um, I just saw on your Instagram today, there was some really good advice about pitching and, you know, I get some really just seriously terrible, terrible pitches. Like, and I'm just like a, I just have a blog, like a regular blog, but I get these really terrible pitches. I'm sure you see like really, really bad stuff. So tell people if you were going to pitch some of these publications, what are some of the things that are like should do, shouldn't do um, to look out for? Wow. Okay. Loaded question, right? So when pitching publications, I'm going to, I'm going to want you to like have this not be egocentric. So you're going to have to put your ego down for a second. That's going to be the first thing. But the, the four things that I often tell people to avoid are to don't come off as entitled. Don't send pitches with poor grammar or poor formatting. Like take a minute. I mean, you're pitching an editor. So they're kind of word Nazis and most editors are trained journalists at the major pubs. So you want to keep that in mind. Um, don't come off like a marketer. So your pitch cannot be all about you. And then don't rush editors. So editors literally receive thousands of pitches every single week. And, you know, we're kind of spoiled. Like, you know, we live in this microwave society, right? We want everything instantaneously. You know, you want to DM somebody and if they haven't responded to you in three and a half seconds, you're like, oh, screw them. They were terrible. Well, you know, like heaven forbid, somebody should have office hours, right? And be closed after five o'clock on a Friday and you're not going to get an answer until Monday. You know, we just live in this world. So you really don't want to rush an editor either because they don't need your pitch. Like they have thousands of them sitting in their inbox that there's plenty to look at. And you really just don't want to come off. Um, and when I say come off as entitled, I mean, you know, you might be a big deal in your small corner of internet land, but that traditional editor may not know who the heck you are and they don't care about your raving fans on the internet, you know, unless you're Elon Musk, of course, you know, or some undeniable celebrity. Um, And so stuff that impresses like an entrepreneur or other marketers are really not going to be as impressive to an editor because they are focused, focused on page views for their publication. So what they want to know is how is the content that you plan to give to us going to benefit the readership of our publication? And too many entrepreneurs are focused on what is the benefit I'm going to get if my name shows up in this publication. So that, you know, so if your if your pitch or your article feels too promotional, you're talking about yourself, you link to your own crap, you know, they're just, they're going to just put you in the round hill and kind of like, you know, move on <laughs> like to the next thing. It's like, no, I don't think so. And when so you're what t- I'm hearing is like go in with an attitude of service. Yes, absolutely. With the end goal, which because is just a different. It's a different mindset, a different way to yeah. look at it. 
And it's just a different version of something that I deal with when I'm helping like clients who have been traditionally brick and mortar or trying to go online. And I wrote a whole post on this once about like, you know, you're a big deal in the brick and mortar space and you have all these clients and the internet doesn't know who the fuck you are and they don't care. So you got to start over. You got to build your reputation. You got to build those relationships. And it sounds like just another sort of variant on that same theme. It's like, it's the same thing. Like your, you know, credentials are great and all that good stuff. But like the editor doesn't give a shit if you were featured or mentioned, especially if you start to drop names of places that they know you paid to get into. Okay, that's a good lead in. So let's talk about Yahoo Finance <laughs> and, and that, that, whole, that whole genre. So can you go off about this phenomena of like, because here's what happens. People are like, oh my God, I got, I got featured in this list of the 40 best up and coming under 30, blah, 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 right? Um, what is the problem with that? What's going on there? So what's going on there, unfortunately, is that they are paying for those features, for those mentions. So, you know, like you'll see the post that someone says, oh, or you'll get the solicitation, you know, for $500, you know, I can get you mentioned in these 30 publications, or I can get you a mention in Yahoo Finance or, or, you know, whatever the heck the case may be. But realistically, you've paid to be mentioned there. So it's, to me, it's a, you know, you're paying to get in a top 10 list, the top 10 business coaches to watch in 2021. Well, if your credit card swipe didn't fail, you are now one of the top 10, 2021 business coaches to watch. So in other words, you bought yourself flowers and then you took a picture and you were like, Oh my God, look what came today. I'm so excited. Who could these be from? Like you're just fronting because you paid for it. Now there are legitimate top 10 lists, the kind where you say, Hey guys, you know, the chamber is naming the top 10 pizzerias and, you know, vote for me to be the top 10, but here are the nominees, which you can self-nominate. That's okay. But people voted and said, Hey, in our local area, I like Joe's pizzeria. They are freaking bomb ass. Like let's vote for them. Not Joe paid money and named himself one of the top 10 pizzerias. That's what you're doing. And then you look like an idiot when you post it and you say, Ooh, look what I did. Cause we all know you paid for that. Yeah. And if we didn't know before, now we know. Cause I had no idea before you, <laughs> before you called this out, I was just like, Oh yeah. And so, you know, and, and the thing is in a place like that, so that's, what's, what's called a non-editorial um, feature meaning it's not posted on the editorial section of Yahoo. It's posted in the classified section and Yahoo doesn't, there's no backlinks. There's no Google juice. Like there's nothing happening for that and nobody sees it. And so basically you just lit a match to your money. It sounds like. Yes. And you know, like, but like, do you boo, right? You know, if it makes you feel good that you're going to now put Yahoo finance logo on your website. Okay. But I'm going to tell you, stop chasing logos. And start thinking about building a real sustainable business to where people do genuinely want to write about you and they have something to say about you or you have something to contribute to the conversation versus being in a random list with 10 other random people who all, whose credit cards, you know, swipes were successful to get on the list. <laughs> Congratulations. Like, you have a working yeah. visa, visa and I card. Get, I get as a new business, you're like, how do I get credibility? How do I do these things? Well, that's what we teach you how to do, how to get credibility in a real way where you're controlling the narrative. Like, wouldn't you rather write some articles about 
business coaching or wellness or digital marketing or whatever your expertise is and have those articles show up in places like entrepreneur Forbes, business insider, you know, CEO world, chief as the person who wrote the article, who had the sage advice where people would say, Oh, wow, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. And they click through to your website to see, okay, this is an expert with some trusted information and start to build your credibility that way. And if you have a long-term sustainable view of your business, you're okay with that. You're not looking for the get fast, get rich quick. Let me, you know, get some PR tomorrow, you know, and in the world of PR, you know, it can be tricky and there's a place for all of it, getting featured, getting mentioned, writing publications, doing all the things, but there's also a right way to do that. So if you want to get featured or mentioned, sign up for Haro, helpareporter.com and sign up for the list, respond to those queries that are from actual journalists, staff writers, looking for information from business owners, respond to those queries and get legitimately legitimate placements and articles that you didn't pay for. You never have to pay for mentions. Now you may pay a ghostwriter to write for you because that's the follow on. I'm not a writer. You can pay a ghostwriter. We do ghostwrite. We're happy to help you with that. You can pay for someone to write your pitch. We have a service where we actually craft those pitches for our private clients so that the pitch is done well and has a higher chance of being accepted. We can never guarantee because I don't know what the editorial calendar looks like at, you know, O Magazine this month. They may already have what you're writing about, but just to do it at an elevated, in an elevated way. Love that. Love it. Love it. Okay. So... Let's go back to stop chasing logos because I know that's another that's another soapbox <laughs> we talked about before we hit record, um, and it's a good one. So talk about what do you mean by chasing logos? So for me, chasing logos means that some PR person, you know, and I'm not hating on PR people. You know, there are great PR agencies. There are some that we refer to that I love who do business in a very above board way. But chasing logos means in your mind, as a business owner, you've come to believe that if you could just get a mention in Forbes or Entrepreneur or Inc., that this article is going to go viral and all of a sudden your business is going to take off and you're going to have more business than you can handle. It's going to be so amazing. Well, the reality usually is not that (laughs) because if you get somebody to mention you in an article nine out of 10 times, there's no backlink. And if there's a link, it's what's called a no follow link, meaning it doesn't really lead anywhere. And unless you're pushing that article out, you're not going to get as much juice from that article. And then it's like, what was your strategy for it? What did you plan to have happen? And so, but let's say on the off chance that the article is banging, like the writer was supremo, they had a large following for their column and people were like, holy crap. And all of a sudden, you know, you're getting tweeted out 10,000 times a day and people are just showing up your, at your website and your website is now crashed because you don't have the server capacity to deal with all these new people. And your contact me form is like full of new leads. Do you have the systems and processes in place to deal with a sudden influx of customers? Especially if you're productized in any way, if you have product fulfillment that you need to do. Like, how are you even going to handle that? And so for me, that's like the pie in the sky thought. So stop chasing logos because the only reason you're doing it is because you want to splash them on your website and say, as seen in, as seen in, I'm so great. Look at me. That's not 
people first. That's me first. That's look how great I am. That's not leading with the heart of service saying, who can I help with their problem? Like there's a problem in the marketplace. I have the solution to help with that problem. And to me, if you're chasing logos only, then you're not really service centered. You're just more centered on how, like, I have a great thing. We're how can I look better and yeah. more popular? We're in love and- with our widget. We all have a widget and we think it's the best widget ever. Of course we do. We built the thing. But like you want to demonstrate that for me through long-term sustainability. Like you'll get those logos as you do the work, but there's no shortcut for the work. Like, don't believe the hype. Fast money is not real money. Anybody can hang the Okay, well, let's talk about fast money because, I mean, this is a very damaging myth, I think, in the online space, like the myth of fast money. Um, You know, there was someone in a a group that I'm in asking like, hey, I'm making $1,000 a month. You know, do you think I can make 30 grand by, you know, in the next two months? And it's like, uh, well, (laughs) you know, the, the thing that people don't talk about is in order to get to these revenues, if you're making 5K a month and you want to make 50K a month, that's a different version of you than, you know, it's like, that's a version that has done different things that believes different things that, and it's like, you're not going to get that overnight. And so, you know, one of the things I wrote about is I, I sort of had my, my, my fast money glow up right last summer. And it was very important to me to write. So I have a podcast about it. I have an article about it, basically letting people know that like, yeah, that happened in the seventh year of my business. You know, there's a lot of foundational work that goes into that. Um, So I think it's just really, really important to highlight that. At the same time, you know, I was looking at your site and I was looking at some of your testimonials and it's like, oh, thanks for helping me get this speaking gig that they paid $18,000 for, which is not nothing. (laughs) No, or even this article that got published and they paid you $500 for it. The article that you wrote. That's money they paid for you instead of money you paid to get. That's right. Somebody somebody cut me a check. I'm all about it. I'm like, thank you so much for all, like, you know, I'm not going to all dollars as seen in my bank account. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. As seen in my bank account. (laughs) We should should start a new trend as seen in my bank account. That's right. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Right. Like the internet. Okay. So this is what I love about the internet. There is a very low barrier to entry to start a business on the internet. And this is what I hate about the internet. There's a very low barrier to entry to start a business on the internet. Yes. Exactly so. Because you can hang a shingle and say you're in business and making money online is not the same as operating a business. They are two separate and distinct things. Like if you have something to sell and you've got an audience to sell it to and they buy it, you've made money online. That doesn't mean that you have a business that, you know, how many people don't have their LSC established? They don't have, you know, SOPs in place. They're, you know, they're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants because some idiot guru coach told them, oh, you don't need to create an LLC till you make X amount of money. Uh, no, no, that's not how this works. And that's what I hate about the internet. And when you say that's not how this works, that's coming from your MBA, your years in corporate. Like, talk a little bit about that because you're not new at this. I remember when you were like, you know, telling us about your background and it's it's deep. So talk a little bit about that. Yes. So for those that don't know, like, you know, like I'm an old curmudgeon. I've been doing this a hot minute. I was in the, I've been, I grew up in the finance industry. So out of, 
uh, college, I started working in the finance sector. So I worked for a small brokerage firm initially. Then I went to work for Dean Witter Reynolds, who then became Dean Witter, who then became Morgan Stanley Dean Witter. My employer kept changing, but I leave the building. So I worked as a broker, financial advisor, fully licensed, you know, securities, insurance, health insurance, annuities, all the things for a number of years. And I went into banking as a branch manager for many, many years and sold all those financial products. Uh, so very familiar with like the industry. Then I was in government finance for two decades, running city. I did legislative work, you know, payroll, financial statements, you know, all of the things, running huge organizations, 2,000 employees, you know, five unions, large payroll, multiple pension plans that I was the, you know, in charge of like all the investments and how all the things were going and doing the budgeting and all of these things. Running a business is very, very different than hanging a shingle and selling something online. And on the side, you know, I did consulting work, strategic planning, team building, leadership, you know, all of those kinds of things. Cause capitalism, you got to have a side hustle in order to like do the things. Okay. Now. You don't look old enough for all of that resume, but, uh, <laughs> but I wanted you to run it down. So people really, really pay attention. Like this is not, you know, Oh, I figured this out five minutes ago. Let me tell you about it. Or, you know, I heard this from a coach who heard it from a coach who heard it from a coach. Like this is the real deal. So thank and you for that. Coaches in the online space. When I decided in 2014 to go completely like online with my business, I hired coaches who had done what it was I was trying to do, not just that had slick marketing, but that were actually practitioners, which I also think is important. That's one of the things that, you know, my husband and I have kind of committed to in our business is being practitioners of our craft. So we don't just talk about writing for large publications. Between us, we write for 80 plus publications. This is what we do. Wow. And we, we ghostwrite for a lot of clients. And we manage, you know, publication accounts for a lot of folks. So we 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 do it day in and day out. So we are abreast, and we're editors. We're both editors at the Good Men Project. So I see lots of pitches. <laughs> I, I see those bad pitches. Um, and so, like, we are practitioners of our trade, and we run a business, and we've run it for a number of years. And you know, and we've had six figure months, and you know, and we've had four figure months, like you know, and all the things in between, because you know that's how business will do you. It'll do you dirty sometimes. It yeah, it's up and down. It's up and down. <laughs> okay. Um. So what is um, what do you think is? I think you may have touched on this, but what's something that's commonly held as as wisdom in the industry that you think is just bullshit? <sighs> Let's see. Uh, well, one, I would say that, you know, getting featured or mentioned is going to make your business blow up. <laughs> no, not true. And, and that having someone to sell to is more important. Like, you know, just build it and they will come is crap. Like don't spend money having an or uh, an organizational designer design your course and put it all together and make it beautiful and build a $5,000 website and pay $20,000 to a coach and then launch your shit to no audience. No, like ictionay on all of that. Here's an idea. Build your audience first. Build your audience first and build your customer base yes, first. One a beta of that thing. If you can't sell that shit on a Google doc, you don't need to be selling it. Thank you for saying that because I say that literally all the time. So <laughs> Thank you for that validation. 
like test your concept. Like, you know, that's what like, you know, in the, in the traditional industry, before you launch anything, you would do market research and market analysis. Like the internet has totally skipped market analysis. Like, like, you know, big business hasn't been in business since the dawn of time. That shit works. We're not launching stuff that we haven't done a cross section or a test or a beta. Even movies that come out, they go to like a test audience and they're like, oh, they didn't like that ending. Let's go reshoot and change it. Exactly. Like it's left on the cutting room floor, right? Well, you might need to leave that program of yours on the cutting room floor because nobody bought it. Now, sometimes nobody bought it because you had no audience. Like, and, and I'll tell you where we see this. We see it all the time with people who write a book, right? All of a sudden on their Facebook page, they're like, exciting news. My book was published today on Amazon. Everybody, please buy it. And they're sliding everybody's DMs talking about, can you buy my book? Can you buy my book? Can you buy my book? And some shifty book marketing coach told them to, you know, put it in an obscure category on Amazon, sell 10 copies. And now you can call yourself an Amazon number one bestseller. That is total bullshit. Stop doing that. Like sell your stuff, like build an audience, have someone to sell it to. Most books are going to sell less than 10,000 copies. Like what a shame that your brilliance is not out in the world because people weren't honest with you about how to market that. Like you should be marketing your book a minimum of four to five months before it is even released. And if, if you have a traditional publishing deal, you're going to market it much sooner than that. But if you're self-publishing, like you need to take people through the journey and enroll them in, enroll them in the process and start building an audience and a wait list so that when it comes out, you have somebody to buy. Somebody your wants that. Yes. Exactly. And I have a friend who's right, who has two book deals going right now and like clockwork. She's like, this is where my book is. This is the stage it's in. This is when it's coming out, you know, and it's, it's the buildup. Like we can yep. watch along, we can go on the journey. I love that. Um, all right. Is there, I have one more question, but I want to just, is there anything else like that you want to say that you feel like, okay, I can't leave without the people knowing this. <laughs> I think you Ooh. hit on a lot of amazing points. <laughs> the pressure. Okay. Well, or what's one mistake people make that you haven't, if there's like, if it's one you haven't yet mentioned that you're like, please stop doing this. I think you've mentioned a lot of really good ones. Um, I would really say that I, I think this is, I'm going to go like in a personal development direction real quick. I would say like, stop looking at what other people are doing and like stay in your lane and focus on you and block out the noise. Like there are how many gazillion realtors in the world, right? And how many gazillion hairdressers in the world and nail techs and all the things like, don't listen to the market is saturated crap. Like when you are the brand, there is no competition is what a mentor of mine used to say. So focus on your lane, show up in your full, beautiful, intersectional self. Bring all of you to the table. Don't let a branding coach or a brand strategist or anybody edit out the pieces of you that make you you, because that is why people are going to buy from you. That's why they're going to be enrolled in you because you, you bring your whole ass self instead of half of yourself to the conversation. Say what you got to say, say it in the way you're going to say it. Don't worry about like the aesthetic or, or what's in, because when you're chasing trends, you're always going to be like behind the crowd. Behind. Yeah. And so if you're doing that. what feels right to you, what resonates in your soul, you know, and if you don't know what resonates for you, by all means, like, you know, 
get you a mindset coach and start working on some of those limiting beliefs. You know, I am pro therapy, go to therapy. I have always had a therapist since my twenties because life, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like we're never like cured of being human. So get you a therapist on speed dial and one that embraces all of your intersectionalities so that you don't have to hide any of who you are and continue to work on you, but you know, do you. That's what I love it. I love it. All right. So for someone who's listening right now, and this has been like a mind blowing eye opening, I never really thought about this. And now I got to go dive in. What would you tell those folks? How do they begin as they mean to go on? Well, if you have are brand new to the publishing world or just realize that, wait a minute, I can't get published. I don't have to be famous or have a big list. Yeah, you can. We do have a free guide. So you can go to paidpubs.com and put your email on the list and we will send you a free guide on where to get started and how to begin the journey. We'd happy to share that with you or follow us. (laughs) Follow me. I'm Cindy, our constable on all the socials. So it's make it easy for you people to follow you as well. Don't have funny names on all the different places and monikers because then people can't find you, but follow us, ask questions, hop in my DMS. I will be happy to, you know, answer your questions or drop you a link on where I wrote about that. And you, you can <laughs> drop a link from your pot of gold. Yes, I love it. My pot of gold so that you can, you know, read up on it, but yeah, just connect. Because it is it is new for a lot of people to hear for the first time. And you don't have to go on bended knee with your hat in your hand asking someone to write about you. You can control that narrative. I love it. I love it. And I can confirm from personal experience that you are very generous with your knowledge. So take her up on this, people. We will drop all your links uh, in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming here and dropping so many gems. It's been so fun. I hope listeners have gotten a ton out of it. And of course, now... If you are just joining us, if this is your first episode, now's the time that you get to smash that subscribe button and go and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the gems that Cindy dropped for you. And then go follow her in all the places. And we look forward to your upcoming podcast. (laughs) It is in the works and it'll be called Published and Paid. (laughs) So it'll be easy to find. Awesome. And then we'll link to that too when it's out. All right. Thanks so much, Cindy. And uh, for the rest of you, I'll see you next time. Don't forget to begin as you mean to go on. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Cindy as much as I did. And if you're excited to get published and paid, but you don't have your foundations in place, then I want to encourage you to go and check out Content Bootcamp. Content Bootcamp will help you solidify the three foundations you need in order to go on and get published and paid, which is your offer, your audience, and your messaging. So that when you do get into that publication and you blow up, you know that folks who will come to your website are going to get the right messaging, are going to be able to get it to come into your world, and you're going to have a strategy and a system in place to nurture those leads so that they become clients. If you're interested in that, go ahead and go to carveldigital.com bootcamp and apply for one of our weekly information calls so that we can get all your questions answered and see if this is the right decision for you.